I am a happy, happy, happy man recording this podcast tonight. So hopefully we have a happy, happy podcast on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you have not already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. We've crossed over 1,300 subscribers. We're still going up. I'm taking Lockdown Pistons YouTube channel and the podcast to the moon. I appreciate all the support you guys have shown me over the past almost a year now. Uh, let's continue to show that support over there at the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. And before we get into talking about the Pistons at all, you guys are watching this on the YouTube channel. You guys see me pointing at it. If you guys are not watching this, you guys are listening to it on a podcast. First, I am pointing at my Matthew Stafford jersey that's hung up. I don't care. This is a Pistons podcast. I'm spending 30 seconds real quick to talk about my guy, number nine, finally won himself a playoff win. His first year out of Detroit, he wins a playoff game and the division title. Not a coincidence. That man, he's elite. He's been elite. So happy for my guy. I've been so happy all night. I'm recording this right after the Rams win. I've never been so happy. I'm celebrating this like a Lions win. I watched that dude. He is my Detroit sport, favorite Detroit sports athlete of all time. Watched him growing up. And just see him have some success now, it's it's the happiest thing I've been through so far. And uh, outside the Pistons winning in 2004, but I can barely remember that because I was basically a baby. Uh, it's probably like one of my favorite moments ever as a as a sports fan, seeing your favorite athlete finally get some success. So I absolutely love it, which sparks a conversation. Where are some Pistons athletes that have left Detroit, either been drafted by Detroit and left or signed by Detroit and left, or however it is, has been signed by the Pistons but went on to have great success elsewhere and made the Pistons look dumb? Put that in the comment section down below or tweet me. If you have any of those examples, I think we can find out quite a few of those as well, (laughs) Chris Middleton. Uh, But there's some stuff, obviously, that we need to talk about, and that's that's referring to the Detroit Pistons. Enough with the the other talk. Uh, This is something I've actually really wanted to talk about, and we've hit on this a little bit on the podcast every now and then. We hit on it a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here. Um, But me and Bryce, host of the Motor City Hoops podcast, who was on the podcast regularly, a friend of the podcast, me and him were texting each other, and it kind of made me want to have this conversation full-blown with you guys today. I wanted to spend the first topic in the A block talking about this. I think it's pretty important and, and something that needs to be talked about now. So we're halfway through the, the NBA season, okay? And we have enough sample size, I feel like, right now to see that Isaiah Stewart is simply really struggling to be a starting center right now for the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, we'll dive further into it, but there's no – there's no better way to show this than simply these numbers right here. So everyone knows that Trey Lyles has been playing a lot of small ball five for the Pistons, especially since Kelly Olynyk got hurt. He's been playing a lot of it. And as much as we all rag on Trey Lyles, and as much as I don't like watching Trey Lyles, he's 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 fine. It's just it's hard to watch him. He ball he stops the ball movement a lot on nights when he has it going. It's it's fine to see on nights that he doesn't have it going. It's really rough and it hurts the team. Uh, really a lot but there's something that you cannot dispute about Trey Lyles no matter what whether he's on or off the team is simply better with him on the court 
And let me read you this on-off difference offensive rating for Trey Lyles. With the with Trey Lyles on the court, the Pistons score 106.3, or the offensive rating is 106.3. With them off the court, it's 97.3. That's a 9.0 difference. Now, this number right here doesn't even tell you how significant this is. And I, I haven't said this. I haven't really put this kind of stuff together and said it on the podcast again, like I said, until now. And I really want this to hit home with you guys. It's not just the fact that Trey Lyles, the Pistons are so good offensively with Trey Lyles on. It's not even really that they're nine points better with them. It's almost an 18-point swing. You want to know why? Because when Isaiah Stewart's on the floor offensively, and that's who he's subbing out. When Isaiah Stewart comes out, it's Trey Lyles coming in. When Isaiah Stewart's on the floor offensively, the Pistons have an offensive rating of 95.7. When he's on the when he's off the court, it's a 104.4, minus 8.7 difference. So basically, you are looking at an 18-point swing. From their starting center to the backup center. This is not just a plus 9.0 with Trey Lyles on the floor. You have to look at it with who he's taking, who's coming out the game for him. So effectively is an 18-point swing just from their starting centers, simply from their starting center or their starting center to the backup center. And that is that's horrific. There's like no other way to like there's no other way around that. It's horrific. It's 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 really, really bad. I don't know if I've seen something like that. I'm sure it's happened before, uh, probably even during the times I've been watching the Pistons. I just never really dove into numbers like that and put it together. But this is that that's 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 incredibly horrific. And the part that makes it this is the part I really want to hammer home even more too. It's not even the fact that Trey Lyles is some great player. It's not even the fact that Trey Lyles is some good player. He's simply a threat offensively, and that is what I've been trying to tell people all season. That's what I was trying to say all offseason with why I wanted to start Kelly Olynyk over uh, Isaiah Stewart. Not because I don't believe in Isaiah Stewart. Not because Isaiah Stewart wasn't a good draft pick. Not because he won't be good value for where he was selected. Not because he won't have a long NBA career. I think he's going to be all those things as a high-quality backup center, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is part of the reason why I wanted to start Kelly Olynyk out the get-go, because we talked about this last year on the podcast with Isaiah Stewart. When his volume went up from beyond the arc, his percentages sunk. And I didn't believe that that was going to be something he translated to this year. He hasn't done that this year. He doesn't even shoot them anymore. He's not even a threat out there. Teams don't even guard him anywhere. He doesn't shoot the mid-range pull-up anymore. He doesn't shoot the little pick-and-pop from the mid-range. He doesn't shoot the pick-and-pop from the three-point range. And when he has, it's painfully off. Like, it's, it's really bad misses. I think his jump shot looks completely different. But it's just really bad overall offensively. And we've talked about how he lacks explosiveness. His go-to move, I talk about all the time, if you watch Isaiah Stewart play. His go-to move is to take a dribble into the defender, use his strength, which he has a lot of, his strength to bump the defender, get space between them. And what players should do off of that is once you get that space off the bump, you explode off and get a layup. Well, Isaiah Stewart, even though he does create that space, he's not capable of exploding and finishing around the rim. So a lot of times on dump-offs or on the rolls, when he actually does roll to the rim, on pick and rolls. He's not able to score off it. So it either results in a three second violation or him kicking it out, wasting a lot of the shot clock or resetting the whole thing all over again, just for the same thing to happen. And the fact that again, what I want to say is that Trey Lyles is even playing that great. Trey Lyles is shooting 28% from deep. It's not like he's letting the world on fire from deep. You want to know why it's a difference though? Because he's taking 2.9 a game. It's simply the fact that Trey Lyles is a threat. It's the fact that Trey Lyles is simply a threat to do something. 
when he gets the ball in his hands, opposing teams know that he's going to try to score. Now, I don't think he's that great at it. I don't think he's all that good at all. I, I really I, – Trey Lyles is fine. He's better than I thought he was going to be, but he's not some good play. I wouldn't call him good, maybe average, uh, slightly below average, around there. But he's simply a threat to score. He's simply a threat offensively some somewhere. When he touches the ball beyond the arc, I don't get why teams fall for his pump fake, but they do. That's a threat. He shoots 2.93s a game. That's a threat. He lets it go. He at least makes you respect it. Around the rim, he's going to go up with it. He's going to draw fouls. He's going to get free throws. Right now, he's attempting 2.9 free throw attempts a game. That's by far a career high for him. Per 36, he's averaging 5.6 free throw attempts a game. So again, this isn't even about Trey Lyles being all that great. It's not about Trey Lyles being better than Isaiah Stewart. It's simply about the fact that Trey Lyles is is some kind of threat offensively. And simply being a threat offensively helps the Pistons damn near 18 points of a swing. And you know what, what, you know what? I'll save the rest of that rest of this conversation for after this ad break. I got, I got to take a break here. I'm getting a little worked up and we're taking the pockets a little bit longer. We're like almost 10 minutes already. I, that we haven't got to the ad break yet. So let's keep the lights on. Let's get to this ad break and then we'll continue this conversation. But like I said, first up, I got to tell you guys about a little bit. One of our sponsors, price picks Pistons fans. You've been hearing me tell you about Price Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use code NBA. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other. DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each game. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. You pick two to five players and an over and under on the projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. I recently placed a flex play. Uh, I bet the over on Matthew Stafford's passing yards in his first game and the over on Jamar Chase's yards. I hit the Jamar Chase one, Stafford one. They got a good win. He threw for three touchdowns. Uh, got two touch, uh, three touchdowns total, but he did not get the over on my passing yard. So I did lose that, but it literally took me less than 30 seconds to make that entry. It was just like that. Price Picks also allows more mixed sports entries. Like I just told you guys, you guys can bet on a basketball game. You can bet on Kay Cunningham's over on points. And you can also bet the over on Matthew Savage passing yards in the exact same entry. It's just that easy. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PricePix is safe and it offers fast withdrawals. So go to PricePix.com today and go to your app store and download the app. All users deposit and use our promo code NBA will get free $50 if your first PricePix entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 for free if your first PricePix entry scores a single point. PricePix is daily fancy made easy. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the channel uh, or support the podcast in general. I really appreciate all the support over there, all the support in general. I've been getting so many messages. I say this every now and then. But for I really do got to give you guys credit and tell you guys I really appreciate all the love you guys have shown me, uh, all the, the following that we've built over the Lockdown Pistons podcast, the community. Let's continue to build on that. Show everybody that we are the best fan base at the Lockdown Network, man. I really appreciate you guys are the best. 
I love doing this every day. This is this is a lot of fun. Uh, but let's get back to the Trey Lyles Isaiah Stewart conversation. So, like I said, Isaiah Stewart or Trey Lyles, as you say, isn't even that great of a player. It's simply the fact that he's a threat offensively. So, what am I trying to say here? Am I trying to say start Trey Lyles? No. You guys know damn well Trey Lyles could be out there probably averaging 25, 20, 5, 8, shooting 50% from the floor, 45% from deep. And I still probably would never, you guys would never get it out of me to say start Trey Lyles. It just wouldn't happen. And also, defensively, he also is a liability on that. Or I won't say a liability, but he's not impacting it over there. And you often get it taken advantage of because he's just undersized on that end. But as you guys saw, against which which team is Hassan Whiteside on? That's the Jazz, correct? Uh, in the Jazz game, and we spent the entire podcast talking about the after that game, sometimes it's worth the switch off, offense for defense, because now you get Hassan Whiteside off the floor because he can't guard Trey Lyles out from the three-point line, and other big guys like him who are great at protecting the paint are now dragged out from the paint. The, the trade-off there is great because now either the other team has to choose. Do I want to keep this big guy out there on the floor and be taken advantage of offensively just so I can try – you know, or because of his rim protection, or do I have to take him completely out the game? It it works both ways. So I, I'm not saying start Trey Lyles is basically what I'm trying to tell you guys. But what I am trying to say is this. Isaiah Stewart needs to do something, and the Pistons need to do something as well. JaVale McGee, we talked about this on the last podcast. JaVale McGee gave the Pistons fans exactly what you guys, what I've been saying. It gives you guys a glimpse of what I've been wanting for the Pistons, a lob threat, someone who can collapse the paint, is going to be able to finish around the rim, catch lobs, and what that can do for guys in the pick and roll. You guys saw that on display against the Phoenix Suns. Javier McGee had 20 points in like 15 minutes, just simply off running pick and rolls. Like it's really just that easy if you have that guy when you have pick and roll guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker. The Pistons need to do something. They need to get a pick and roll guy. They need to get a lob threat. They need to get a bouncy guy. I'm going to continue to say it until they do. I really would love it if they attack that with the trade uh, at some point. It doesn't even, like I said on the last podcast, it doesn't have to be some guy that's worth $20 million or some guy that's going to cost two first-round picks. Those guys are relatively cheap. You don't need a guy who needs the ball in his hands a lot. You don't need a guy who's out there isolating or has a great post game. Just simply a guy who can run pick and rolls, who can jump and finish lobs and somewhat protect the rim, be active. Like, those guys are usually pretty cheap because they don't cost a lot. So I'd hope that the Pistons find a way to address that, whether that's, like, taking a chance on a dude like Jackson Hayes or whatever. I, I hope they address that. And two, Isaiah Stewart needs to find a way if they're going to continue to start him. He has to do something offensively. It's gotten to that point. He has to do something offensively because teams are legit not even guarding him. And it's getting it's becoming a serious issue. Again, I'm going to say this stat again for you guys in case you guys don't understand what I'm saying. Like, this is insane. Maybe I didn't put enough emphasis on this. Trey Lyles, when he's on the floor, the pitches are nine points better offensively. With Isaiah Stewart, they are 8.7 points worth with him on the floor offensively. That is by far the worst on the team of any player who plays rotational minutes. The next worst is Jeremy Grant at minus 6.1. That's over two points worse. Two points worse than I, than, I, than Jeremy Grant. That is awful. And then if you just do like the combination of them both, it's basically like an 18-point difference. That is awful. It's It's gotten to that point. Now, what can Isaiah Stewart do? I don't know. I, I, I've reached that point. I really don't know. For a lot of fans and for a lot of you guys, the reason why you guys wanted to start him coming into the season, why you guys believed in him, was because he showed you guys the outside threat. Now, I never was a bigger believer in that, but let's just stay on that. The reason why a lot of people wanted to start him because he thought they thought that he had that kind of threat from outside. He had that potential. 
it's very clear right now he just doesn't have that right now. Maybe sometime down the road he does, but right now he damn sure doesn't have it. He doesn't even take those shots. So he can't do that. That completely wipes it out. What else can he do? Well, he could try to shoot the midi pull-ups. He could try to shoot uh, pick and pop some mid-range. It doesn't look like he has the confidence to do that right now. And to be honest, again, I'm going to say this again. His jump shot looks completely broken to me. I, to, to me, at least, I know some people say it doesn't look that different. To me, I think it looks completely different. It doesn't look nowhere near as smooth as last year. I think it's a little bit of a hitch in it. It looks completely different. It honestly, it looks like he's throwing it at the backboard. It, it's really hard. I, I, I think his jump shot's completely different. I don't know if he's going to ever he's going to start shooting at all outside the paint uh, like how he was last year or this year. Now, again, maybe in the future, next year, two years, three years, four years, five years down the line, maybe he eventually starts doing it. But right now, I don't see that happening. So now that brings up inside scoring. And again, I just don't see – I don't see how he's going to be able to do that because it's not like he's not trying. It's just he lacks the explosiveness. Like I said, he just can't he can't explode off the ground when he gets advantages. Team, the, the Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham and, heck, even Sadiq Bey, they're getting him advantages on dump-offs. They're getting him advantages on pick-and-rolls. He simply just can't take advantage of it. He doesn't have the explosiveness. Either he hesitates, and that's one thing I guess he could probably improve on. It, would, it may help him offensively. He does hesitate. So maybe instead of hesitating and trying to do his go-to move that we talked about, the one dribble, pump fake, bump into the body, get some space, maybe just quickly go up with the ball. Hurry up and get the ball up on the rim because outside of that, you don't have the explosiveness to do all that stuff, put a dribble down, and then try to explode off and finish over a guy. You don't have it. So maybe the one adjustment I would say is to hurry up or I maybe not hurry up. That's, that sounds wrong. Let me say, like, get it quickly on the rim. When you get the ball, take advantage of it instantly. Don't hold the ball, try be scared, and try to get a bump in and try to create more of an advantage. Most of Isaiah Stewart's looks, he's already being given an advantage if he just goes up with it quickly. So I guess that's an adjustment you can do. But outside of that, I, the dude is in the 25th percentile as a pick-and-roll man. He's scoring 0.94 points per possession this year. I, I don't know how I, – I, I just right now I struggle to see what it is I can say that he needs to do differently. He's not going to start shooting threes. He's not. Going, he's probably not going to start shooting middies. And I can't just sit here and tell you guys, well, start scoring around the paint. It's not that easy. He, he, Like I said, he just doesn't have that type of explosiveness. He's undersized. And he's going against guys who are simply better than him in the starting line. He's not a starting center right now, and he's overpowering him right now. It's not giving him – I think the Pistons are doing him a disservice right now starting him. Because if he was coming off the bench, I think you see his strength shine a lot more, his physicality, his hustle, his putbacks his relentless motor, all that stuff would shine off the bench. He'd be able to take advantage of it a lot more. But right now, he's simply being overmatched. And, you know, uh, some of you guys will say, well, what, Killian Hayes? Killian Hayes isn't a starting guard. Killian Hayes isn't actively destroying your offense. Like, the Pistons are, right now, they're 3.8 points worse for Killian Hayes on the floor offensively. Jeremy Grant was at 6.1. Like, it's – Killian Hayes is not actively destroying your offense. Yes, they're a little bit worse for them on the floor – but he's not destroying your offense. He's bringing stuff to your offense to help, especially with how he's playing recently. You're seeing uh, developments in that game. But just before the developments, you see things he can bring to their offense. And again, I want to say it again. He's not actively just destroying your offense. Isaiah Stewart, you're eight points worth, almost nine points worth with him on the floor. That's He's sinking your offense. He's destroying it. So it's I, – I, when Kelly Olenek gets back to full strength, I think the Pistons have to start Kelly Olenek again because for the betterment of the starting five, and also to do a service to Isaiah Stewart, I really think it's just hurting him right now 
I don't see how he can really take advantage of this right now. Maybe in the offseason, he goes back to working on his jump shot. He comes back better. Then you want to try it again? Okay. But right now, it's just not working. It's hurting the team. It's hurting Isaiah Stewart. It's painfully obvious when he comes off the floor, the Pistons look like a better team offensively. And I, I don't think starting him and making him see that, <clears throat> excuse me, and making him go against other starting caliber centers is, is doing much for him right now. I don't think that's helping him. I actually think that's kind of hurting his confidence. And I think the Pistons would be right and smart to sit him down and, and just play him off the bench. Play him, you can still play him 25 to 30 minutes off the bench, but just get him some minutes where he's favored. Like get him against some backup centers where he can really take advantage of, of his strengths. Right now, he's not being able to do that. So that's why I stand on it. You spent 20 minutes talking about it. Uh, for those of you guys who are still here, let me say this again. I do not hate Isaiah Stewart. because I know every time we talk about these things, I talk to you about these things. This happens. This is this is what I get in return. Why you hate Isaiah Stewart? Why are you calling him a bust? Why this? Why that? I don't hate Isaiah Stewart. I think he's going to be a good value for where he's picked. I think he's going to be a high-quality backup center for a long time. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with him being a high-quality backup center. Asking more out of guys when they don't have it and forcing more out of these guys and expecting more of these guys is how you get your expectations uh, failed and how you end up turning on a, on a player. I haven't turned Isaiah Stewart as a piston. I just I don't think he's a starting center right now. And I think the numbers painfully back that up, and he's sinking the Pistons' offense. They need to do something to help him. Not even just a starting five. Help him. Bring him off the bench. He desperately needs it, in my opinion. He he needs it. Please help him. When we come back, we'll talk about some news that are coming out about Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olynyk. Updates on them. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, Line AG. Fanline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Fanline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Fanline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So again, check out their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. Fanline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Again, I appreciate all the support you guys have shown over there, all the support you guys have shown the podcast in general, all the support you guys have shown me over on Twitter, all the support you guys have shown me in general. I love you guys. It's I literally it's the funnest thing being able to do this every single day. I'll never not be appreciative of it. And I'll probably always continue to thank you guys five years from now, ten years, however long I keep doing this. I always be appreciated. I always let you guys know how much I appreciate you guys for real. Um, but we have some news. So Kelly Olenek, I believe is likely to return sometime during this four game road trip. Now, is it going to be tonight against the Golden State Warriors? I don't know. Is it, I don't know when is it going to happen, but he is likely according to reports to return at some point during the four game road, Western road trip, which by the way, whew, I told you guys that I'm not going to be able to get podcasts out as early as possible, but man, talk about uh, maybe that's not even the issue. Maybe the issue is simply being able to stay up throughout the entire game. We're talking about staying up till like 1230 to watch the Pistons. I, I, we're all Pistons fans. We all want to watch the games, but damn, we want to watch them that much. You guys got to let me know. I don't know, man. That's going to be late. My God. Uh, but yeah, 
Kelly Olenek likely to return at some point during the four-game absence. We also have updated news on Jeremy Grant, who has been assigned to the Motor City Cruise to begin, I believe, conditioning and rehabbing towards as part of his rehabilitation back to getting on the court. Uh, they said they still have no timetable on him to return. He is not likely to return during the four-game absence for the Pistons. Um, and I know I said something on, on the last podcast about um, killing Hayes. I can tell you guys I know that he's just a little banged up. Nothing nothing too big about him. I overreacted about what was happening in the fourth quarter with him not being on the bench, not in the locker room. He's just banged up. Um, he's fine. At least that's why I understand. So uh, you guys can take that one to the bank. Uh, but I do want to say this about Jeremy Grant returning. Uh, he has not returned to the Pistons. He's in Motor City Cruise right now, continuing his rehab. Um, are we sure? I don't want Jeremy Grant to return in a Pistons uniform. That, basically, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. I don't want to see Jeremy Grant in a Pistons uniform again. He needs to be traded. If Jeremy Grant comes back and puts on a Pistons uniform, this is what's going to happen. You're likely going to bump Sadiq Bay back down to the three when it's been very clear that he's more successful at the four. It's been very clear that the offense is flowing a lot better without Jeremy Grant. I mean, heck, we're talking about Isaiah Stewart throughout the podcast. Shoot, we should be we should have been talking about Jeremy Grant as well. Uh, Jeremy Grant is at minus 6.1 offensively with him on the floor on off difference. The next closest one is Keelan Hayes almost three points after him. So, again, Isaiah Stewart and Jeremy Grant really were just sinking the offense where they played. So, I mean, we should have been talking about Jeremy just as much as Isaiah. So, that's painfully obvious. Again, we don't want to move Sadiq out of position. He's been playing extremely well since Jeremy Grant left. Uh, it was kind of a joke. I tweeted that out and talked about in the podcast how funny it would be if once Jeremy left, Sadiq just started balling out and it actually started happening. So it's like, I, I don't think you can bring Jeremy back into that. You're bumping Hamdou Diallo back to the bench where he's deserved to be the starter. He's played well. He deserves to keep that spot. And for what? For just a few games? Because we're going to trade Jeremy Grant. Like everything points to Jeremy Grant being traded within like the next, what, when the deadline three weeks from now, three and a half weeks from now? Like he's going to get traded. All you're doing is disrupting chemistry now. I just don't see what's the positive there. And also, can I just say this as well? Is it possible that Jeremy Grant could return and lose his value? Like, no matter what he does, no matter, he could come back and score like 25 straight, 25 points in like five straight games for the Pistons. That's not going to up his trade value. Everyone knows what Jeremy Grant is. His trade value is not going up at, no matter what he does. Knows what he, Everyone knows what they're going to be bringing him in for to be like the third or fourth guy on a championship team or like a possible, maybe a second guy, depending on what team you send him to. Maybe if Portland gets him. Uh, and it's like a he he becomes like the second guy maybe over there kind of I I don't know something like that you know what you're getting in Jeremy Grant you're not getting this version of him in Detroit so no matter how many points he scores up or if he scores 25 points 30 points everyone's going to know it's because he's in Detroit he's getting a lot of touches getting a lot of use he's not going to do that for our team nothing he does in the little minimal games if you potentially play him before the deadline is going to boost his boost his uh his trade value however I think you could lose trade value. What happens if he comes back from the stomach injury and just starts stinking up? What happens if he really starts playing bad? Maybe what happens if he comes back and shows that this stomach injury is really bugging him and he's not able to play through it? What happens What happens with that? Now his trade value is going straight down. Whoever's trained for him, and again, the reports multiple weeks ago said that his stomach injury is not turning teams away. Teams will accept that and still take him on. It's not decreasing his trade value. So as of right now, teams don't care about that. Why give them a reason to? Don't bring him back. Don't let him play in a Pistons jersey. It can only hurt you. There is no upside to this. It's all negatives. If someone can find me a positive to Jeremy Grant playing two, three, four games before he gets traded in a Pistons jersey again, I'd love to hear it. But I don't know. I don't see it. What's the positives here? 
it's all negative. You piss off maybe Hamadou Diallo, who deserved to be in the starting lineup. You put Sadiq Bey out of position. You're hurting the offense. You're stopping the ball movement that we've seen in the offense. You're taking more touches away from Killian and Cade. You're 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 possibly you could possibly hurt his trade value depending on how he's looked with the thumb injury. When you already know teams are still going to give you of the value you want with this thumb injury because they don't care about it. That's the report. They don't care about the thumb injury right now. Now if he comes back and looks like he can't play through the thumb injury, all of a sudden now he's sitting out again because his thumb injury is just messing up. Now teams start second-guessing. Okay, is this thumb injury really affecting him that bad? Will he be able to help us in the playoffs? Right now, they aren't thinking about that. Right now, they're they're saying, okay, he's back. We'll we'll take him. It's only negatives, I'm telling you. He should not play another game in the Pistons uniform. He should stay out. He can practice down there with the Motor City Cruise all he wants. He can go down there and ball out, drop 50 points in the Motor City Cruise. Hey, go have fun. You can do all he wants down there. But in a Pistons jersey, he should not wear it again. He should not wear it again. The Pistons should trade him before his value sinks by potentially putting him in the starting lineup and having that happen. It shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't. But I guess that's where we'll wrap up the podcast today. Man, I'm a happy guy. You guys see the energy that I had throughout this podcast. I was so hyped. Matthew Stafford, guys, playoff win. It's a Pistons podcast. I don't care. Matthew Stafford, guys, playoff win. And a divisional title in his first year without the Detroit Lions. Makes you think, right? Uh, okay. Locked on Pistons. I got to remember that. Sorry, guys. Wrap up the podcast here. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. I want to thank you guys for subscribing to the YouTube channel if you have already. If you haven't, head over there, hit the subscribe button. Again, appreciate all of your guys' support. Make sure you guys make Lockdown Bets your second listen of every day. Your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your podcast platforms. Again, thank you guys for all your support. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. If you guys are able to stay up, man, I won't blame any of you guys who end up passing out, man. We all got actual lives. Most of us, all adults that listen to this podcast, most of us, you know, got jobs in the morning, you feel me? I got a job in the morning. I don't blame anyone who wants to just choose to go to bed. But for those of you who stay up with me and we watch the Pistons, let me give it up to you guys, and hopefully we have a fun time watching tonight. Have fun, everybody. Stay safe out there. Again, Matthew Stafford got a playoff win. Okay, that's the last time I'm saying it. See you guys. See you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody, and go Pistons.